This day, the third day of Sivan, is a day that I look forward to all year long. All year long. It's not my birthday. My birthday is in a few weeks, but it's not my birthday. But Gimel Sivan is a day that after learning a certain teaching from my Rebbe Rav Weinberger many years ago, has completely prepared me for Shavuos. I was preparing for Shavuos about, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. And I came across a shir of his where he taught a piece from Rebbe Tzedek Akoyin of Lublin. And I try to learn it every single year, no matter what's happening. Um, uh, wherever I am, it's a piece really we could learn any day of the year. But specifically this day, the third day of Sivan, is referred to as Yom HaMeyuchas, the day of Yichus, the day of lineage. Usually that word lineage is a day that we, uh, you know, it's, it's a concept that we use for in the world of Shiduchim, or if a person wants to show off his rabbinic uh, ancestry, to, ah, what's his Yichus? What's his Yichus, you know? Many people are embarrassed of their yichus, some are very proud of their yichus, but as an am, for ourselves, as a general uh, public, we, preparing for Shavuos, we're told by Hashem, what's your yichus? What's your yichus? So, this piece from Ibtzalat that we're going to be doing right now, Mamish, a game changer. I get so excited every time we have the chance to learn this. This is a really beautiful piece. We might have learned a little bit of this before, just to give us a little bit of context, when do Am Yisrael show up at Har Sinai? What day of the week was? What day of the of the year was it? When they showed up to Har Sinai, the Rosh Chodesh Sivan, right? What happens on the third day? Kadosh Baruch Hu tells us, "Vatem tiu lim amleches kohanim begoyt kadosh." So all these things were happening the first three days. But here, this is just an incredible, incredible piece of what happened on Gimel Sivan, which is today. And we believe that whenever we connect to the dates on the calendar, the gates of, of, of reenactment on a certain level of what happened then is Shayach to us today. And there's a Psich HaZashayim, there's the opening of the gates for us to tune into the following teaching. On Parsha, we said right now, Seul Esrosh Ko Adas Bnei Yisrael. Lift up the heads, count the heads of all the, the, the tribes, then everyone gets counted. So look at the Midrash says here. This is from this past Shabbos, Shabbos Bamidbar. When Am Yisrael received the Torah, jealousy aroused by the nations of the world. The nations of the world are saying, why, are, why were they privileged to come closer than the other nations of the world? You know, I always thought, Imagine to myself, you know, we only know our story when we, lead, we learn the Torah. We only know what was going on in our minds, in our souls, as a nation. What was happening by the other Umot HaOlam, their relationship with God? Was there a relationship with God on a general level that other nations were experiencing? Or was it just, there's like the world, and then there's Hashem, and then there's just little people going through suffering and going through Yitgalus and then leaving and miracles. What was happening in the rest of the world? Were people feeling Ashgacha? Were other nations feeling that God is involved in their lives? What do you think? What do we know, first of all? I don't think we know much. We know Yitro came. Huh? Yitro came. He came as a result of something that happened to us. I'm talking about, forget, like, forget anything that happened to us. Right, there's that Midrash, Nachon. So that makes this piece even harder, this Midrash even harder. Because the, the Midrash here is saying, Nitkanu umot ha'olam, the nations of the world became jealous. If you were offered it, and you said no, why would you be jealous? Missed opportunity. 
That could be. Very much so. Nachon. So anyway, they got very, very jealous. Satam, end of the first line, Satam pihen HaKadosh Baruch Hu v'amar lahem. God shut their mouth. How did he shut their mouths? By saying, Havili sefer yuchsin shelachem keshem shebanai mevi'in. Bring your book of lineage like my children, Am Yisrael, are bringing. So what, what, how did he shut them up? What was he basically telling them? Huh? Right, but what was he saying? He's like, show me your Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Right? Do you have any Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov happening? Do you have any Sarif, Karacha, Valeah that you could bring to the table like my children are bringing? But the question is, we have to understand, how does that prove the point? So, so they were great people? No. How did they prepare? Yeah, exactly. They showed, they showed we Nechon. have a background of this, this community has a background. So really, what we're going to be seeing here is that when Hashem told, uh, it's kind of like Am Yisrael heard this, and they saw that Hashem said to them, He shut them up by saying, you go bring your Sefer Yuchsin like my children are bringing their Sefer Yuchsin. So what did Am Yisrael understand? Okay, we better bring our Sefer Yuchsin. <laughs> like, okay, so let's, let's figure out what Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov really are. If this is the power through which God is shutting up the nations of the world. Let me understand what God is telling them. Right? They understood. Basically, what God was saying to them, go fig before you get the Torah, just remember what, how this whole thing started. And this is why he counts them in the beginning of this Sefer. That's the end of Parashat Bechukotai. The Midrash says, That really, they only merited to receive the Torah because of their Sefer Yichus. But again, I walk around saying, I'm the son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do I understand what that means? Other than they were great people who seeked God? Is that enough to shut up other nations? And it's funny, we can even say today, we can even say our claim to the land or our claim, any religious claim is because our forefathers, but if we don't understand what that exactly means, those are just words. And the world hasn't really taken it that seriously. Last time someone tried to pull this off, was, was it Abba Ibn or was it Chaim Herzog in the UN? Who was it? it was, I think they both did, huh? Well, Chaim Herzog did pull out the Tanakh when the UN resolution regarding Zionism equals racism. He used that also to kind of say, <clears throat> but since then, that's already 40, 40, 50 years ago, we haven't really been uh, you know, using this because we don't really understand what that means anymore. It's like we know we come from amazing stock. We know and we understand Munas Tzadikim. We know Avram, we come from Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. But here we're going to see what does it mean? What am I supposed to be learning by the fact that I come from Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov and how does this shut up the nations of the world's claim of why did they, why did they get the Torah? Isn't it that we have to live an Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov life? What does that that's mean? That's what connects us. So what does that mean? You, you live the life connected like they were. What does that mean? Chesed or whatever they were going for. What does that mean? Whatever. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you see? No, no. Very good. We know the right answers. It's, it's true. It's true. It's true. And he's really right. <laughs> Whatever. It just means that I gotta be kind. But I could learn that from a million people. You know what I mean? I have to have gvura. I have to have the balance. I could figure this out. I can, I can read some Tony Robbins and get into this. You know what I mean? Like, 
What is it really? What's the pnimius of it? Come on, like really, inside. What does this mean that I bring my book of lineage and that I show where I'm from? All right, now look at this Torah from Rabbi Tzalek HaKayim. This is deep in one of his farim, Divrei Sofrim, Os Tedvav. Reb Tzadok is going to sound like a breast lover and then completely not sound like a breast lover. Okay? This is amazing. A Jew should never have despair from anything in the world. The classic Rabbi Nachman. A Jew should never be despaired. Regarding whether it's physical matters, physical ailments that need healing, Ben be'inyane hanefesh. Obviously, regarding matters of the soul that need healing, despair should have no role whatsoever. Why? Ki ein yehush klal etzel ish yehudi. The concept of despair has no shaykhs to, to being a Jew. Nothing. And he's going to prove that from my Sefer Yuchsin. He's going to prove that. It doesn't just mean, oh, Abraham didn't give up even when it was hard. Many people didn't give up even when it was hard. We're going to go even deeper with this concept. We all know that being a Yid means living with a constant consciousness that at any given moment Hashem can do anything. Meaning, if I believe in Hashem, it means that Hashem can do anything. And that Hashem can help no matter what is going on, always, always and forever. Now look what he says here. He's going to contradict himself in such a beautiful way. The building of the Jewish nation, Haya Achar When did the Jewish building begin to take place? After there was complete Yehush. What is he referring to? The Avraham Vesaraz Kenim. Abraham and Sarah were pretty old when they were told they were going to have a child. Adam No one, no one thought that it could ever happen. And apparently back then, not like it's changed today, but women that were nearing the age of 90 weren't really getting pregnant. Okay? No one could have ever fathomed such a thing to take place. Even after the Malach comes and promises, still no one fathomed, no one thought that this could ever, ever take place. Sarah was such a holy woman, she knew and believed that God can do anything. Now, this is our Torah now. Nonetheless, what's Sarah's response that she's going to have a kid to the, to the notion that she's going to have a child? It's, it's her son's name. She laughs. She laughed in her midst. She laughed. It was so far from her to believe that it could actually happen. But wait a second. We just said that she believed that Hashem can do anything. And yet she still laughed. So this is a very interesting thing. Right now, if I asked each and every one of you, can God do anything? Not just being politically correct. You would say yes. Now, for each of you, it's a different thing, right? For each of us, a different thing. But to the extent of like how crazy it would be if something in the magnitude of Sarah giving birth would happen in our lives. So what do you, what would you, how would you justify saying it couldn't happen by me? Well, that I, was then, this is now. Or, right, that's... that's a thinking more, that's a thinking What else? Yeah. What else? What, 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 what else? I could do anything, but, but 
Why is he going to do this for me? Like, why is Right. You have to be what? Pragmatic. So, you know, Hashem wants you to live in this world. Hashem doesn't... You'll run to the words of We don't rely on miracles. Meaning, you'll use every single Teretz to explain why you don't really believe in God, that God can do anything, in the name of God. In the name of Hashem, you'll, you'll use everything to disprove this, this statement of Hashem can do anything in the world. Where do we learn this from? It's not, don't worry, it's not like, it doesn't show that we're very low people. Who, do, who did we see this by? Sarah, who believed that Hashem can do anything. However, what happened? She laughs. So, did she believe that Hashem can do anything or not? Yes. So why'd she laugh? Because in that moment, it's far from her. It, it, it is a concept of emuna, I believe, but my belief is, it's there. I believe. It's not, it's not karov etzli. It's not in me. It's so much. Like, I believe in Hashem, and I believe He can do anything, but when push comes to shove, don't, don't, don't push me over the edge. Don't test me too much. It could crush, especially such a thing like this. Yes. Absolutely. So I have to just defend, I just have to, you know, protect myself because it's too painful if God forbid it doesn't happen. Right. Even though the Malach comes and tells her she's going to have. She doesn't want to raise her hopes. She's Absolutely. All the valid reasons. These are all self-protective reasons that are very valid, very much, you know, all the time. I have friends that do not teach their children about Mashiach or about Binyan Beis Hamikdash for that exact reason. We're sitting here with judges, as judges right now, judging that. If you're saying you're there to protect your child and that's where it's coming from, how could you judge parents that choose to parent like that? They don't want their children growing up as messed up as we were, wondering how come it's not happening. Things to think about. That's not the point of today's shir. I don't want to get to... Uh, it was so far for her to believe that she could have a child. Why? Now this is funny. I always found this piece funny. Because why was it so hard for her to believe that it could happen? Because he's so old, right? <laughs> you know, he's so old. It probably can't happen because of him. And then he says, And then she realized, you know, I'm not too young myself. But the initial laugh he's saying is a response to saying, Abi, he's, he's turning 100, you know, Avram, right? He's like, are you kidding? Now look at the second to bottom paragraph. If God really just wants them to have a child naturally, he would have done this way earlier. Why? Delima'et benes adif. When God doesn't need to use a miracle, it's always better. God doesn't use miracles in a place where they're not needed. Why? Because when God performs a miracle and then people recognize Him, you think it turns God on? He's saying, oh, you need this to, to, to feel close to me? You need this? You need a miracle? <clears throat> really, this is from Hashem. But really, this was from Hashem. That Hashem wanted the binyan ha'uma, 
the building of the nation. Remember, Yitzchak is the first son, first child that's born Jewish. He says, Dafka, Hashem Baruch wanted the beginning of the building of the nation to be after Yehush Gamur, to be after you've completely despaired. Like, let me ask you guys something. Have you ever despaired in life, of, from life, of life? About, raise your hands if it's happened to you about 500 times yesterday, right? Okay, so what are you still doing here? So Rav Sadak is saying, when we say en yush klal, it doesn't mean it's impossible for a Jew to despair. It's that Jews, can, Jews despair all the time, yet they still keep on coming back. It can't be the final chapter. Why? Because in our DNA, in the way, in the beginning of the formation of our nation, that's how it was formed. Achar hagamur. After two people thought it was over, it was done. And it's not just that they kept a little spark of hope in their hearts. They didn't. She laughed. It was over. It was done in her eyes. He says, really, this is from Hashem. That we always say, this is exactly, we follow the patterns that our fathers and mothers walked through. The way that they were formed is the way that we are formed as well. Yitzchak Avinu was born into a state of post-absolute despair. We've despaired so many times, you and I, and yet we still end up coming back. Why? Because it's in our blood. Look, in one way, it was always, there was always like, so Avram Avinu always had a moon, and there was always, a, there was always this connection to Hashem, there was always like the fact that, that, that Hashem could do anything, right? Right. But at a certain point, like a human is just like, okay, this is, I can't, this is, right? there's no concept before this of, of this type of thing happening, right? right? So it was just... Plug it into your own life. Yeah. You know, you believe that Hashem can do anything. But yet that doesn't yet translate into the Maisa, into your own life. Well, maybe, it, I'm not trying to chas no, 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 no. I'm saying, you hear what I'm saying, what we're doing. Yeah. We know Hashem, we say we believe Hashem can do anything. Right. And yet we completely fall into these places of despair all the time. Why? Why is this? Because we, we, we can't see past that. We can't, we can't see, like you said earlier, we have to be pragmatic. This is the world we live in. We've never seen anything in our own lives maybe like that. We can't relate to that kind right. of thing happening. Or we feel undeserving. Right. Whatever the reasons are, there are valid reasons, whatever it is. And yet we've despaired so many times and we still come back to the table. Why? Because it's in our, it's in our blood. This is who we are. Usually we show up dafka after we completely despair. It's a mamish. Like usually after we completely despair, that's when we start to show up for real. Where does this come from? This is, this is the way that the Jewish nation was created. This is how it started. Achar binyan hayeush agamur after the complete uh, building of absolute yeush. So, look at okay. So we're in the middle of the second line in the second in the second bottom paragraph. You have to understand something. Sarah Imenu did not walk around with this hope in buried in the, in the depth of her heart that it was going to happen. She was completely, I don't know, okay with it, but she accepted the fact she lived with the conscience, with the recognition that she was not going to be a mother. This was not in her cards. So is that Yehush? Absolutely. If that's how you live your life, saying, this is not going to happen for me. Like many of us say, <clears throat> us being rich or having enough money, that's not in my cards. Or many people saying, 
living a life with shalom bayis, that's just not going to happen with me. Like other good things will happen, but I accept this is not going to happen. Or I'm going to become someone that Mavish breeds learning all day long, that I'm really going to, no matter what I'm deciding for the rest of my life, that every single day I'm learning for four hours. That's just not in my cards. And I accept it. You know, I heard of the, one of the greatest things about Rabbi Lamb. Rabbi Norman Lamb, who's my great uncle's brother, and we're related through marriage, that he decided a long, long time ago, remember he was the, the, the head of YU, that no matter what's going on, he's learning every day for four hours. It, it doesn't matter what's happening. Nine to one, every single day he's going to be learning. So I, I heard that story, I got such yeosh. I got such despair. Because I said, wow, I've macabre so long ago that that's not my, that's not my life. It's just not, that's not what I'm, I have to be in Olam Asiya. I have to be in the world, the world of building. And the more, every time I learn this piece, I think of that, I'm saying, you know, Shlomo, there's still a chance. There's still a chance that whatever seems to you so far, because of where you've come from, and the b- beginning of the creation of Am Yisrael started at a place where someone said, it can't happen to me. So all the, it can't happen to me, regarding Dvarim Shabbat really might start to happen to you right away, right afterwards. Right away. Especially the big ones. So should we say it can't happen to me? It doesn't, it's irrelevant. You could. You could say, I mean, and it I might make you feel better to about yourself. That, right? so, I'm saying. so a breast liver would say, exactly. So start, like we said before, the Ratzon. Start saying, I want this to be me, and then it'll start to become you. So Rabbi is saying, whether you say that or whether you don't, it might happen to you tomorrow. Because that's exactly how Am Yisrael was formed. Sarah Imenu didn't walk around in the age of 88 or 89 saying, I think it could start to happen to me. And therefore it, beg- and therefore it happened to her. She didn't walk around with like pregnancy consciousness of saying, you know, just like think good and it'll be good. And that's how it happened to her. So like is saying, she laughed immediately because for her, it was so far-fetched. So think of any malach coming to you, telling you something that will happen to you, that's so far-fetched that your initial response would be to laugh. Does anyone want to share one thing? Being rich. Huh? Being rich. Yeah, for sure. You're going to be so loaded with guilt that you're really not going to know what to do with all your miser. No, no, Laugh. <laughs> no, that's a painful laugh. Like, yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you think hers was an inner laugh? She didn't let it out. Right, <clears throat> Bakir, yeah, but it's Well, she kind of let it out in the form of name of name, name of her son. It did come out like that. Like his name is Yitzchak. Well, then she, she turned it. What does that mean, Yitzchak? Meaning, I'm laughing at Yehush. That's what Abtzadik Akkoyin is saying. The name of the first baby born, that's baby, a Jewish boy that's born Jewish, is basically saying, I'm laughing at despair. Ha! To anything that says that's impossible. Yitzchak came along because she had the Yish. No. He's saying, he was going to come along anyways. Meaning, Hashem promised Avram, you're gonna, it'll, it'll be through your seed. You're going to have a Zara, right? But, they, but meanwhile, we don't know about Avnovino's Yehush. We know about Sarah's Yehush. Laughing at despair or laughing from despair? Both. Before and then after. Before and then after. I wonder if even after Yitzhak was born, there was still that 
cynicism because the Shabbos says your kids, you're not going to be able to count the stars in the sky. Right. Uh, well, sure. For sure there was. They had one. Right. Right. Oh, for sure. Right. Right. It continues. She does. Absolutely. Right. The judge says because right. she, she hears what her husband's done. She can't handle it. Right. Well, the, no, she didn't just hear. It says that, 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 that the Malach HaMavis comes and shows her an image of her son on the Akedas. And she talked about image, you know, visualization, like the P.S. Etzner. It was right in front of her. Parcha Nishmasa. She's saying, it's not just that her, she saw her son. She's like, wow. That was, what a tease. Meaning, all these, all those, right. All, what a, what a, what a, the tease, some, certain teases our Nishmas can't bear. But they're laughing. But Ari, it's very good what you're saying. In the beginning, it's laughing, you know, from, from despair. And then it's laughing at despair, which is our story today as well. Second to bottom line in the second paragraph, He's saying, being a Jew means this, that, that you really, why should you never despair? Because look at how many times you have despaired and you're still here. God could happen, God could help always. Is there anything too great for God to do? Okay, so now he comes, becomes very Reb Nachman here too. If you spend your time trying to understand why Hashem chose to do certain things the way he did them, like Reb Nachman says, Anyone can begin the investigation and go inside it. Not everyone comes out alive. He, he was referring to the world of philosophy, which is really investigating the ways of the world, like checking to see why does God do the way, you know. Know God in all your ways. See Hashem in all your ways. But to try to say, but why did it have to be like, like you know, anyone that's gotten to the question of why did six million have to be burned in gas chambers in order so that there could be the state of Israel that that, that question itself is a malik. But the bottom line is, is that let's think about despair, 1945. Despair, I always talk about my, my grandparents who were each married to someone else and had children, they were all killed, and then they choose in 1945, after the hell of, 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 of the war, to love, to love each other, to, to get married, to start a family. Where does this come from? You know, if you, can't, you can't judge anyone that gave up on the world after 1945. You can't, even, you can't even judge anyone that gives up on the world in 2017. You can't. We've been through so much. We keep on going through so much, but in the DNA of Yiddishkeit, this is is saying, you can't explain this, but if you try to explain this, you'll get nowhere. In us is the, is the ability to laugh in the face of despair and at the face of despair because this is how we were created. So then he says, this is how it's going to be in the future. Bottom paragraph. He says in Who's going to believe our story? Who's going to even believe how, how much we've been through that we still were under the impression that God loves us? Now this really helped me a lot with the Gemara that really bothered me for many years. So what does this mean now? You ever hear, you ever hear this Gemara? Mashiach will only come until what? We've despaired from it ever happening. We start telling our kids 
stop teaching it to our kids. You hear this term? <laughs> what a Torah, what a, what a, what a Chapna, what a, the Gemara now is saying. When is Mashiach going to come? Once you've despaired from it ever happening. It why? Never happen. Right. But, no but why? why? Why does it have to be like this? Meaning, what does this Gemara mean now? Mashiach can only come when you, when you despair from thinking it could ever happen. You're like, we have this concept of I have to believe Mashiach is going to come every single day, and if I'm not, then you're not following the Rambam, 13 principles of faith, the Chulei. How many people have despaired from Mashiach coming before? And for those of us that can't see us right now, all our hands are up. Right? <laughs> Where does it come from? It's just, this is our story. We could, we could be Mishiach or not be Mishiach. It doesn't matter. The fact that you haven't given up doesn't mean that you're much stronger than someone that's given up at a certain level. Because even that person that's given up, he's still coming to the Tish. He's still here as well. But this is what it means. Meaning, Mashiach can only come, a Malach can only come and tell you, that your son will come and be born once you've completely given up that that could ever even happen. That was the way Hashem formed it. That was the way Hashem created the world. The, our world. The Alkan Amar, this is why Yishana Navi says, Habitu el Avraham Avichem. He's saying, look at Avram Avinu. What, why should you look at Avram Avinu? So I could learn to be an Ish Chesed? You can learn that from a million people. Ve'el Sarat Cholchem, and Sarah who made you. Why? To learn how to be a good Jewish mother? No. De'gam haschalas binyanchem haya ken achar yehush. Why should you look at your mother and father? Why should you bring your Sefer Yuchsin on the third day of Sivan? How does that shut up the other nations of the world? Because when they gave up, they never came back. When they had Yehush, it was done. They didn't keep on coming to Shul. They really closed the door. They said, this isn't happening, I'm going to go find another God. We never found another God. And when we did, during our Midbar, that piece had to be wiped out. But in our hearts, we've had Yehush on God and still came back to God. He's saying, this is the Hatchala of the Binyan. This is the beginning of the, of the building, which also started after Yehush. This is who we are. This is the third day of Sivan. This is how we prepare for Shavuos. Then I have a whole year of despairing on God and on myself and on my relationship to the Torah so many times. And yet, what could I say? I'm still back. Like Rabbi Shlomo says, in Kol Nidre night, you know, why do we start Yom Kippur night saying Kol Nidre? Vows, vows. What kind of, why is it so important? So he said once, he said, because really a Yid looks at God and says, you know, another year passed, I probably haven't kept anything that I said I would keep from last year. I left Shul last year, Yom Kippur, all the al I could have sworn I wouldn't do anything, and I made so many vows that this year is going to be different. And let's face it, God, I let you down, but Gevalt, you let me down so much as well, God. Only a chaser can talk like this, right? You let me down so much. But there's one nether that I kept. And you know what that nether is? I'm back. I'm still here. And that speaks louder than anything else I could say. I'm speaking. So the same thing is really Erev Shavuos. So another year that I could say to myself, that's that Chavuos that I started that lasted two starm. That Sefer I picked up, that Gemara, and how many Gemaras did we pick up that we didn't get through the first Mishnah? All these different things in life are coming to give us kayach and ischaskos, Rav Tzadok is saying, to remind you that whether you like it or not, you're always in the game. This is your Sefer Yuchsim. This is, this is your Yichus. This is who you are. God showed us to this 
by us overhearing the way he answered the nations of the world. So what is he telling us today on Gimel Sivan? He's also saying this, go to your Sefer Yuchsin. Go back again. Go back again and realize, this is, talk about marking yourself, this is the mamish, the real you. This is in your blood, whether you like it or not. I'm giving you a gift to choose to tune into this, that Yehush, no matter if you had it or not, basically I don't see any, any steer here between Reb Nachman and Reb Tzadik also. Because Reb Nachman is saying, Ein Yehush ba'ilam klau. So now how do we learn, what does that mean? Since we come back, there's no Yehush. Get back up. Right, so maybe it doesn't mean don't ever give up. He's, maybe that's, he's also it's saying, not absolute. It's not right, you could give up. And, that's, and because of who you are and the way I created the world, you're going to get back up. He's saying like the capital Yud. You know, yeah, there will never be Yehush as a totality. There will be like right. many Yehushes, but the foundation right. Right. of Ein Yehush. Why? Because of your Sefer Yichus. What does that mean? Because now when I say I'm going to go learn about Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and how they were born, how Yitzchak was born, this explains to me what it means to be connected to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, the way that they came into the world. So Yaakov, uh, the fact that he wasn't a Bechor, right? So, awesome. about the way Yaakov would have thought, is the mantle going to go through me? I, I give up on this. this is Mom, a, all these all instances, <laughs> Leah and Rachel, it's amazing. Maybe that's what he's getting at. Though, is that, uh, just think about Christianity, like Elif Fail Dalot, which has their Sefer Yehoshim is a perfect uh, God in man's body. It's right. Perfect, right, right. And then what we have here is we're saying, look back at your Sefer Yehoshim, and what do you find? You find that even your holy, holy first mother and first father, even they got the Yehosh. So... That's right. When it's you not, go through it, be, to realize that you're not you're not so far away from from that. You can maybe you can maybe right. also we think of like we can never get to the holy level of of um, and, and so on. And you're saying like well, it's because you don't worry about that's it. Judaism. Yeah. I think I shared this with you one time in the recording, 1977. We have Reb Shlomo debating a Jews for Jesus guy, and uh, there's two recordings of it. One of them is 1977, and it's in Indiana, I think. And it, this was a more what, there's some of them that he's so angry. This was basically saying to the guy, listen, our concept of the Messiah is such an Olam Hazek concept. It's Dafka got to be someone that's completely human. Why? Because someone that's, a, that's like a son of God, that doesn't even exist, then there's no room for Yehush. In that world, it could never, you can't ever despair because everything is always, on a certain level, perfect. Our whole thing is, like the Gemara says, Ein ben David ba, Mashiach can't come, until there's complete despair, because that's what we go through as human beings. That's just what we go through in this world. So he says, he screamed at him, he said, our whole concept of the Mashiach is Mamesh ben Adam. That's our, our whole concept is based on that. It's the exact opposite of the way the world speaks about redemption and salvation. And this piece that we learned right now truly shows us that this is the answer to the nations of the world. He's saying, you guys can't understand this. You gave up, you never came back to shul, whatever, you know, whatever the concept of shul is. We keep on giving up. Six million are burned and we come back and, and, and start davening again. Are we crazy? You're from Rabbi Kadosh in the Dachau. Yeah. He stood up on Tisha B'Av and spoke about how Eicha, this is a Kadosh Baruch was saying, how can it be that they still keep coming back? That's amazing. 
That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, we're coming back this Shavuos. This, this piece should give us a lot of Yitzchaskos to not look at another year and saying, I can't believe all the things that I thought I'd learn and then how much I didn't learn this year. But rather like, wow, I'm, 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 this is my Sefer Yichus. So the next three days to walk around with your Sefer Yichsin with pride, with confidence, with conviction, and with simcha that I come from a nation that started after complete Yehush. Shkoyach, everyone.